The podcast that you're about to hear contains acts of sex and violence. The hosts do not claim to be experts on the subjects that they present. Listener discretion is advised. All right, we're back again with Brutal Nation, a podcast series that's dedicated to lesser-known serial killers and acts of true crime. I am your host, the illustrious, the fabulous, and I want to point out, the freshly waxed. Scott Nobody Alexander. needs to know your personal stories. I love, because you, you and I share the same waxer. We do. I love her. And She's, She was mine first. It, it, she is. So I'm going to give, actually give her a shout out because, uh, you know, she deserves it. She's an esthetician and she does a great job. Her name is Michelle and her last name is Grinder, isn't it? Uh, I don't know what her last name is. I actually, think, I have her in my phone as Michelle Waxer. That's, how, that, that's actually exactly how I have her as mine. Um, She's at Malva House of Hair in Bridgeport. Yeah, in Bridgeport, which is Tigard area. And if you, uh, yeah, trust me, you go see her, man. She is the bomb. The bomb diggity. And this isn't like a paid advertisement or anything. This is the same person that we use. She's just, she's, and she's a sweetheart. She is. I love her. Like, I don't think that you could get anybody in that profession that is as sweet and very genuine as well. You can't, I mean, it's true. There very few are. I mean, she reminds me of my friend who died. Yeah. I think that's why I like her so much. I like her because she's so damn sweet. And right across from me is the one. And the only fresh from Mount Hood Forest, where she was tranquilizer darted once again. But I got her back from the Smithsonian. Lucky us. <laughs> Fuck you, Scott. Tammy the Sasquatch Underwood. Say hi, Tam. Hi, everybody. They're, you know, <laughs> we were just talking the last episode how I wanted to stab you. Still do. <laughs> That's a story of my life. Everybody Has wants to stab changed. me. Just want you to know your status has not changed at, at, one, at one section or another. Yeah, your status does not change with me. There you go. You got it. Shut up. (laughs) I feel the love. No. All right. It's all up to you. It's a Tuesday, a two for Tuesday. It is a two for, well, it's one, one, one crime spree, two people. Fantastic. Twisted Tuesday. Ready? I am ready. Okay. This one is Lauren Joseph Herzog and Wesley Shermantine Jr. Who the fuck names are kids Shermantine? His last name was Shermantine. Oh, that's right. Okay. No, I see now. Ding dong. They were given the name the Speed Freak Killers after embarking on a 15-year methamphetamine-filled killing spree that began in 1984 and ended in 1989. Holy cow. Yeah. California authorities suspect the deadly duo of being responsible for the death of as many as 20 individuals. Uh, the two of them disposed of their victims in, advan- in abandoned mine shafts or buried them in other rem- remote locations, such as hillsides or under a trailer park. Well, um, nobody would notice under a trailer park with all the goddamn... <laughs> you have a ton of cars parked there, and you got a ton of you know, abandoned vehicles and probably weeds, and then... You know, all the residents are probably like Kitty's husband, Dan. I was going to say box wine drinking. Box drying, PBR, you know, freaking bush light drinking hillbillies. Oh, shut up. Going, mm, something smells weird. Somebody's PBR went bad. That's all it is. How do you tell if PBR goes bad? <laughs> you don't. It is bad. That's going to say, isn't it always bad? <laughs> The second it's canned. <laughs> That Rainier. Oh, yeah. I'd, I would seriously, I would, I would lick a cow's ass before I drink another Rainier. That's just 
disgusting. Yeah, I would do some horrible things before I did that, too. Anyways, um, in a conf- confrontation with one woman, Wesley Shermantine said to her, li- he pushed her head to the ground and said, listen to the heartbeats of people I've buried here. Listen to the heartbeats of families I've buried here. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? I'm interested now because I had no idea even seriously who you were doing today until like five seconds before we did the podcast, just so I could set the tracks up. Right. No, I know. I know. See, I like to keep some things. I'd like to keep you guessing too. That's not very hard. I forget what the hell I did five minutes ago. So, know, right? <laughs> Anyways, so actually Lauren and um, Herzog and Shermantine grew up together. Um, her, Lauren her, Joseph Herzog was born on December 8th, 1965 in Linding, California. A few short months later, Wesley Shermantine Jr. was born on February 24th, 1966 in the same city. You say Linwood or Linden? Linden. Linden, L-I-N-D-E-N, California. It rings a bell. I just can't. I'm just going in my Down own person. Oh, oh, okay. Do I always have to tell you everything? It rang a bell. I just, it's got to be one of those smaller towns I just didn't know yeah. about. Anyway, go ahead. Anyways, um, the two boys grew up actually on the same street and became friends almost from birth. Uh, Shermantine's family would probably have been considered middle class since his father was a known was known to be a successful contractor, and he would often show his affection to his son by purchasing material gifts for him. You know, you know how it goes. Like my brother Phil. You know what? I can neither confirm nor deny. That statement. (laughs) Wesley Sr. was also an avid hunter that frequently took the boys on hunting and fishing trips as they were growing up. Then when they were old enough to go on these trips alone, they did so. The two friends also did a lot of other boys, did what a lot of other boys their age did. They spent their childhood exploring their surroundings. They often did they spend their childhood exploring uh, Brokeback Mountain style? No, just just say, I'm, I'm asking for a friend. I don't know. Our listeners they need to know if it's broke back mountain stuff going on. Little love cowboy. Boom, chicka, wow, wow. <laughs> That's right. Yeehaw, ride Stop me with it. your spurs. Stop it already. Um, let's see. They often traipsed through the hillside going down to the river to skip rocks, and their favorite place to explore was the abandoned mine shafts of San Joaquin County. Oh. You know okay. where that's at, right? I do know where San Juan okay. King Valley is, yeah. Anyway, Herzog and Sher- Shermantine continued to be the best of friends well into adulthood. Um, everyone around town knew that where they found one of them doing something, they would, they found, they could almost guarantee the other one was close behind. <laughs> their favorite, shut up, their favorite pastime was bullying those around them, and the more they drank alcohol, the worse it became. Their heavy drinking eventually led to serious drug use. After high school, the two men got an apartment together in the nearby town of Stockton. That's where their drug use escalated to include the frequent use of methamphetamines. It wasn't long before... Oh, it wasn't long after they began abusing meth, their lives went on a downward spiral and their darker sides began to shine through. It soon became apparent that whoever crossed either one of them could be a potential victim and they managed to get away with it for years. Um... Because one was behind the other. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> Brookback Mountain style. Are you done? Yeah. Can I continue? You can continue. Thank you. Did they have spurs? Oh, my God. <laughs> I thought you said I could continue. You can't. I just have questions. That's all. 
Does he have questions? Not once did I mention a horse, cowboy, spurs, anything. So Cali- I did. California authorities have reason to believe that Herzog and Shermantine started killing people right around the time they were 18 years old. However, some believe it began even earlier than that. It didn't matter if someone was their friend or complete stranger. They did not show a preference to their victims or the ones they spared. It seems that they murdered someone when they needed something, whether that be sex, money, or just thrills. So I, I just want to understand, and that's, this is all my joking aside. So where we see a lot of people have like a victim pool, like yesterday's episode, we, you know, we talked about, right. uh, you know, the, the nurses and doctors and what right. about that, that it killed. And there's a very specific victim pool, Usually, yes. you know, like uh, some do terminally ill only and some do ones that are only elderly. Right. And, and some, some do like, Petite brunettes. And, yeah. Yeah, these guys didn't care. No victim pull out of that. No, not really. Wow. Yeah. No sexual orientation. No, it didn't seem that way. Wow. Yeah. You have my full fucking yeah. attention. The two men seemed to enjoy being evil. They were constantly making vague comments to people that alluded to the danger someone would be in if the two of them felt they had been crossed. And Sherman Time was very well known among his friends and family for bragging about being responsible for people up and disappearing in the Stockton area. They were finally arrested. Now, this is where it gets weird because I could find. Oh, yeah. No victim pool and then going drugs down. It hasn't gotten weird yet. This is where it gets weird. Okay. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Whatever. Anyways, um, when they were finally arrested in March of 1999 because police suspected they had murdered two girls that had gone missing from the area. The first one actually was 16-year-old Chevelle Chevy Wheeler, who went missing in October on October 16, 1985. The second one was 25-year-old Cindy Vanderheiden, who just seemed to vanish on November 14, 1998. That sounds like a good German name right there. Vanderheiden. I, I believe that she must be German, so we miss her, this Chevy whoever... Cindy. What, whatever her name is, Corolla, Chevy, <laughs> Malibu. Toyota. Toyota. Don't we don't care about her. We care about the German. <laughs> After the authorities had the pair in custody and separated, it didn't seem to take long for their tight bond to crumble. Okay. So this is what we found out. Okay. It, it's really, like I said, I couldn't find anything definitive on when and how they committed their crimes. But... Um, when the detectives in San Joaquin County started, when they had the two arrested, they started by interrogating Herzog. Okay. That interrogation lasted 17 hours. God damn. The interrogation turned into an intense 17 hour questioning. However, it had barely begun before Herzog was turning on the man he claimed was his best friend. We've only just begun. (laughs) Let me know when you're done. I'm done. Because mm-hmm. I can't remember all the other words that uh, Carpenter sung. Thank God. Um, <laughs> he claimed that Sherman Tyne enjoyed killing and would do so on a whim. He told his interrogators that his friend killed at least 24 people in cold blood. One of the incidents Herzog described was when he and Sherman Tyne were vacationing in Utah in 1994. Now, maybe. Maybe broke back. I don't know. Utah. See? <laughs> See? He claimed that the two of them happened to run into a hunter, and Sherman Tyne just shot the man for no apparent reason. When the California authorities contacted the Utah police, they were able to confirm the hunter had been shot to death. Up until that point, the murder was still a cold case. Herzog said that Sherman Tyne was the person who killed Henry Howell. Henry's body was found parked on the side of the road after he and his 
he had his head and teeth bashed in. According to Herzog's statement, Shermantine was driving by the park van when he suddenly stopped, got out of his vehicle carrying a shotgun, walked up to Henry's window, killed him, and then took the little bit of money he had, the man had on his person at the time. That's Jack, man. Yeah, Herzog went on to say that his friend was responsible for killing Howard King and Paul Raymond back in 1984. Hang on, I found a typo. Oh my God, I'm you. There were tire marks found at the scene of the crime that were positively matched to Shermantine's truck later. He finally gave precise details on how Shermantine kidnapped, raped, and killed Chevelle Wheeler, Cindy Vanderheiden, and a lady by the name of Robin Armtrout. <laughs> he told the authorities. If there is ever a great name, Armtrout, you know, to the Armtrout family, it's a great name. Just say it. That is. Hats off to you, Armtrout. Hats out, off to you. For me, that sounds like, uh, you know, a bad date when you get the Armtrout, but okay. Yeah. He told the authorities that his only involvement in the incidents was as a bystander. He was just there to watch, and he was a victim himself. Oh, my God. We've heard that one I before. I know, right? Although we can only speculate as to how much truth was in the statements that Herzog gave the authorities, one thing that we can know for sure is that almost all of what he told them was completely self-serving. Oh, you think? Yeah, he wanted to paint a picture where Shermantine was the complete monster who killed people just because when they asked him why he never tried to stop his friend or call the police, he told them he was scared of the man, thereby leading them to them and us to believe he was just one of Shermantine's many victims. Only he survived. Oh my God. Give yeah. me a break. <laughs> and the sad part is, is Herzog truly believed that once he gave his statements, the detectives would just let him go home and be with his wife and children. He thought he would go back to living his life without having fear of his friend Shermantine any longer since the man would be behind bars. He was sadly mistaken. Yeah. At least for a time being. Ah, mm. uh, don't tell me he gets to walk. Anyways, after the authorities were done questioning Herzog, they started interrogating Shermantine, who had very little to say at first. They asked him about Cindy Vanderheiden and what he could remember from the night she disappeared. He claimed that night he and Herzog met at a bar and enjoyed a couple of drinks while they played some pool. He admitted to speaking to Cindy, 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 there we go, only he said it was a brief conversation because he barely noticed her there. Remember that happened with the Gallegos. I was just going to say it was the same. Yeah. Yeah. Same with the end. I was just thinking there was another one that we did and it was recently that was very similar. Oh, oh, oh. It was, uh, um, oh, the, I think he, was, he was the truck driver. I think out of Poland, the shoe factory one. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I can't uh, remember um, his name. Cot? Carol Cott? No, it wasn't. No. Cot. Crass. Kurt. You think Kerjack, that's the guy who yeah. went to prison for him. Then we had Kroll. I'd have to look him up. Yeah. But it was the same thing. He goes, I, I, yeah, I talked to her. Me, me and my brother-in-law, yeah. we, we met her at a bar, and yeah, we had sex with her. Or the, the brother-in-law said, yeah, we had sex with her. But then, you know, I left her with uh, with dude over here. Yeah. And he's like, um, no, I don't know. I just dropped her off, and yeah. I went on my merry way. Yeah, I don't know what the hell happened. No, we, we know you did it, asshole. Yeah. He then said that he thought she left the bar before he did. That's when the detective showed him the videotape, videotaped interrogation of Herzog. Once he saw that his friend tried to point the finger at him for all of the murders, he tried to turn the tables. He played the blame game when he spoke to reporters and told them, 
If Lauren can give details about all these murders, it must mean he's the one that did them. I'm innocent. With everything Lauren told detectives, I bet my life there are other bodies out there. Okay? <laughs> well, there are, because both of you killed them yeah. together. Yeah. Wesley Shermantine Jr. was charged with first-degree murder for killing Chevy Wheeler, <coughs> Cindy Vanderheiden, Paul Cavanaugh, and Howard King. Right before sentencing began during his trial, he tried to make a deal with the authorities. He told them that he would give them the detailed locations of four of the victims if they gave him $20,000. Needless to say, no deal was made. Wait, okay, we did that with the with the first serial killer up, up in, in Canada. Canada. Yeah. That was in BC and I Yeah. Um, um you know, I got to we got to start taking notes because no, I know there's his name so be many parallel there's so many parallels. <sighs> I can't think of his name. Yeah, right me off neither. Hand. And it was a really simple name. I just Clifford can't. Olson. Yeah, Jr. Clifford o- Olson. And the only difference is, I don't think that these assholes pulled it off, but Olson mm-hmm. did and yeah. got um, essentially what was like a hundred thousand dollars or something like yeah. that in Canadian. Yeah, which is only it's seventy five thousand. Uh, they gave it in to America. his wife. And, yeah. yeah, to for his wife and his kid. Yeah. So when the prosecutors told him that they wouldn't give him any money, but they wouldn't seek the death penalty if he told them the information anyhow, he turned them down. The jury found him guilty of all four murders, and he received the death penalty for them. He is still currently being housed in San Quentin State Prison, sitting on death row during the moratorium. Lauren Herzog was originally charged with the murder of Cindy Vanderheiden, Howard King, Paul Cavanaugh, and Robin Armtrout. He was also charged with accessory to murder in the Henry Howell case. During the trial, he was found not guilty on the accessory charge and acquitted of the murder of Robin Armtrout case. However, the jury found him guilty of first-degree murder in the other three cases, and he received a 78-year prison sentence. No death penalty? No, not for him. Oh. Now. Well, yeah, because Herzog was sitting there spouting off all the information. So, I think out of the two so far, as much as I seriously don't like either one of them because they both sound like dickheads, Herzog's, Herzog's the smarter one, man. Yeah. He, uh, well, yeah. He threw him out there, man. He didn't get the death penalty. Yeah. So in August 2004, Herzog was actually able to get his conviction overturned in the state appeals court. Oh. They were overturned on the grounds that his confession was coerced by the detectives during a long, drawn out sessions of interrogations. They claimed that the police blatantly ignored Herzog when he tried to evoke his right to remain silent. Uh, the authorities deprived Herzog of both sleep and food, and they violated his rights further when they made him wait four days before being arraigned. So, the, court, the appeals court ordered a new trial against Herzog, but his attorneys managed to work out a plea bargain with the prosecution. He agreed to plead guilty to the manslaughter in the Cindy Vanderheiden case and accessory to murder in the other cases involving King, Howell, and Kavanaugh. He even accepted when the prosecution wanted him to be charged with giving Cindy methamphetamines. Okay? Okay. In exchange for the guilty pleas, Herzog was to receive a 14-year sentence and get credit for the time he had already served. Lauren Joseph Herzog was released on parole as scheduled on September 18, 2010. Upon his release, he was sent to live in one of the modular homes located inside the High Desert State Prison Grounds located in Lassen County. This ensured that he wouldn't be around those who testified against him in court or the relatives of any of his victims. Okay? Okay. Needless to say, considering the media coverage in the area of the trial and resentencing, the citizens of Lassen County were less than thrilled to have him placed in their community. Well, you think? Yeah. 
Therefore, certain safety precautions were put in place to protect the community from Herzog. Even though he was officially paroled, he was still under authority supervision, and he had the following conditions on his parole. He was to wear a GPS device on his ankle and he would, that would alert his parole officer anytime he went beyond a 150-foot perimeter of his modular unit. Every time he came and went from the property, he had to check in and out with the gatehouse, and the same rules applied to anybody who came to visit him. He had a curfew of 8.30 p.m. every night. Um, he was to remain in his modular home from 8.30 p.m. until 5.30 a.m., and he also couldn't leave the unit between 1.30 and 3.30 p.m. every day. Well, I wonder why that one. I don't know. Due to the strict restrictions involving his movements, he was not required to get employment. In other words, Lauren Joseph Herzog was technically out of prison. However, the state still had him isolated and alone and where they could keep a very close eye on his movements. It sort of makes sense. Yeah. But it's also sort of stupid. Yeah. Well, Shermantine knew that his old friend Herzog had been released from prison, so to speak. So therefore, nobody knows the true motivation for his actions in December 2011. There is some that claim he needed the money because he was running out of candy bars. Yet others claim, <laughs> actually, they said running out of canteen. I just say candy bars. I should have thrown in ramen. But yet others claim he just couldn't live with the thought that his old friend was set free. No matter the motivation, Shermantine told the authorities he would reveal where several bodies were located in exchange for some money again. He referred to the places as Herzog's party area. He claims that he only knew where his friend kept the bodies, but denied responsibility for the murders. Of course. Apparently, the bounty hunter, Leonard Padilla, who was widely known across the U.S., he's the one that helped locate um, Casey Anthony's daughter's body. Oh, okay. Little, you know. Um, anyways, um, made an arrangement to pay him $33,000 in exchange for, for the locations. So in the early afternoon hours of January 17th, 2017, Padilla went to talk to Herzog. During the visit, Padilla told him that he better get an attorney quickly because when Herzog asked him why, he told, he told him that Shermanton was getting ready to give him the map showing where more of their victims were buried. Padilla left Herzog's unit shortly after the exchange. That night, Leonard, Lauren Herzog was found hanging inside his unit. He left a suicide note behind that simply said, tell my family I love them. After Herzog committed suicide and the reports from his autopsy were released to the media, they were quick to print articles stating that he was painted in hate. And this is something you and I have talked about before, that the media jumps on every little thing. Yeah. Okay. The media claims that the majority of his body was covered in satanic images, which included detailed skulls and flames. I'm not seeing how that screams satan Satanism. That is, f it's another, uh, yeah, this is why the media most of the time pisses me the fuck off, you know, because, okay, take you and I, yes. you know, I've got a lot of tattoos, yeah, I have a few, you know, I, I, and, and mine are big pieces. I'm getting ready to have more done. If anything, if I was to commit any crime, the first thing that they would focus on is this man had big tattoos, and there was flames yeah. on his arms, yeah. and there's a, there's a dragon. There's a dragon on his forearm. Ooh, that must mean that Ooh. he belongs to some group from China. <laughs> the Chinese that, mafia. Yeah, that, that, that's exactly what they would say, Chinese mafia tattoo or yeah. something like that. 
Um, and like what I mentioned when it came to like uh, Kearney. Yeah. The first thing, the thing that they that they always repeat is that he's he was gay. gay. Yes. Like that is the catalyst to becoming a killer. Yeah. Tattoos, and if you have flames in your tattoos, are the catalyst to you becoming yeah. uh uh, a, a serial killer. Yeah, because when I got in trouble for my crime, they, <laughs> a couple of news articles pointed out the little devil tattoo I have on my shoulder. The little <laughs> devil with a halo that says Mama's Little Angel. I want to get those articles and frame them. I have a couple of them at home. I want to frame them. I've I hate you. I already, well, I already had a poster printed out of me. So Of you? Yeah, of the one that you took from the show with me, the, oh, the one I really like. really? Yeah, because I had uh, some pictures printed out for, for Patrick oh, yeah. that I'm sending to him in my next letter. Um, oh, yeah, so, yeah, my little tiny devil with a halo that says Mama's Little Angel got a little <laughs> bit of rave reviews. But, yeah, that's, that's, that's what they yeah. focus on. It's, it's, it's absolutely fucking ludicrous. Or when there's nothing else, but if the person just has some a job like, um, let's say they're, they're a plumber. Yeah. They're, and he was a plumber. They make it sound <laughs> ominous. I like, know, right? like, if you're a plumber, you need to watch out because yeah. you'll become a serial killer. Yeah, exactly. It's fucking no, stupid. Down the entire length of one of, of his left leg were the words made and fueled by hate and restrained by reality. And then he did have a tattoo on his right foot that read, made the, de- made the devil do it. But I don't still don't see how those... That's not satanic. Yeah, that does not... Equal Satanism to yeah, me. Yeah, that, that, that is far from satanic. Yeah. It's not like they said he had a picture of the Baphomet on it, on his you yeah. know, chest. Or it's or Johnny 13 from Con Air who had the oh, roses for yeah. every woman he had raped. You know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, and, and that was Danny Trejo. Danny Tre- Trejo. Yeah, which I love him as an actor. I, I love Danny and Trejo too. And I was actually thinking the line that he had from that just the other day when he goes, it'd be Johnny like 112 or whatever it is if they knew the real story or whatever it was. Yeah. He was he was a good actor. I will watch him literally in anything. Yeah, do let uh, in um, from *Dust Till Dawn*. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I've seen him in uh, *Larry the Cable Guy* movie. Um, you name it, I will watch Danny Trujillo in anything. Yeah. So, um, Sherentine provided Leonard Padilla with maps leading to five burial sites in February of 2012. After Padilla agreed to pay him a total of $33,000, he claims these locations were where Herzog buried some of his victims. In the area he <coughs> referred to as Herzog's Boneyard, authorities found the skeletal remains of both Cindy Vanderheiden and Chevelle Wheeler. Okay, because up until that point, they didn't have bodies. They yeah. were convicted without bodies. So, however, that's not all that they discovered. Investigators evac- excavated one of the five sites on the map that Sherman turned over to them during the excavation process, they located nearly a thousand human bone fragments that were at the bottom of, a, bottom of an old well that had long been abandoned. Oh, shit. Knowing that they had discovered some evidence when they excavated the areas, he pointed them to Sherman wrote another letter in March of 2012. This letter was addressed to one of the Sacramento television stations. In that letter, he advised them that he could lead the authorities to more locations where Herzog hit his victims. Um, However, he didn't just say that. He also told them that he could divulge information that would lead them to a third man that was involved in the murders. According to the latest letter, he claimed there were closer to 72 victims. Wait a minute. Was this the mysterious man on the grassy knoll? Might have been. 
Might have been. Because we see that a lot, too. Uh, there was another person involved. And, of course, you know, the not me. These aren't my kills. But we always say, there was a mysterious yeah. another man. <laughs> exactly. He ended the letter by saying that until Padilla paid him the agreed-upon $33,000, he would keep the information to himself. In his words, he wrote, I really want to believe in Leonard, but I, have, but I have these doubts he'll come through, which is a shame because I've been holding the best for last. Which makes you wonder. These right? are his kills, just by saying that. Yeah. In my, in, 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 I, I, now that I understand more about the laws of recording, um, <laughs> this is my opinion alone and it's not it's it's not based on anything allegedly these are his kills yeah and how do i know that because the wording exactly you know especially with the with the constant these aren't my kills this is and it's really easy to blame somebody who's not in the picture anymore oh yeah especially now that herzog can't defend himself yeah it's easy to say these are his well why don't you ask him oh you can't that's right he committed suicide yeah Mm, and his his letter said you know tell my family i love them must meant he was guilty oh yeah 100 percent. yeah and don't get me wrong i think that herzog probably has some bodies in there oh yeah but Especially I, if they were thick as thieves, and that, that's what I'm thinking. I'm listening to your story. These are these are friends that have been best of friends since about the time that they were born. They've done everything together, and you're telling me either either one could have said it, but I was just a bystander, just watching bullshit. Yeah, I don't believe it for bull either one of them. fucking shit. Now, the closest to that that I can get to really saying, okay, I would believe it, is if they if for example, if, if Herzog would have said something like, well, he's my best friend, and, you know, who turns in their best friend? If it was something like that, right. I'd be like, okay, I can buy that. Yeah. I can. But he said, I was just as much of a victim. No, yeah. you weren't, you broke back bitch. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Both of these assholes. Okay. God damn it. So, from the beginning, the California authorities have said that the Speed Freak killers were responsible for the murders of at least 24 people. Chevelle Wheeler was reported missing on October 16, 1985. Authorities believe that Herzog and Shermantine had more likely begun killing as early as 1984. Even if she was their first victim, the likelihood of them killing her in 1985 and then not killing anyone again until November of 1998 is pretty slim. That would be a 14-year cooling-off period with an aggressive escalation process. No, that... Yeah. Possibility versus probability. Wait, wait, wait. Anything's Although possible. That scenario is possible. It is highly improbable. Thank My you. My next sentence. Yep. Because <laughs> how, how do I compare everything? Possibility, probably. Mm-hmm. Like, is the Loch Ness monster po- possible? Yeah, it's possible because nothing is impossible. Right. The probability of somebody uh, actually getting a clear photograph of Nessie out on the lock. You're giving me the look again. Squatch, you need to go back out on the look. I need to go somewhere other than here. <laughs> but yeah, the, the, the chances of them actually getting a picture or capturing Nessie, the probability yeah. is a bajillion to one. Right. It's super low. And in this case here, too. Possible? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely possible. Is it probable? Yeah. Ooh, it, there's a probability quotient to it, but it's so fucking low that I would have to sit there and do a lot of math to get that fucking low. Yeah. Well, and 
you know, and I, like I said, that was my next sentence. But generally, the number of murders that serial killers commit increases as time goes by. Yeah. In most cases, the serial killer, or in this case, killers, doesn't get a taste for murder, then does not act on it again for 14 years. Yeah, that does not Especially when those 14 years are filled with heavy drinking and drug abuse. Those factors alone make the individual unstable at best. Exactly. Okay. So, in the end, both men pointed their fingers at the other when talking to the authorities about who did what. Each claimed the other was the true cold-blooded killer, and they were just a victim lucky to, be, to have survived. By their own actions and Shermantine's blow-hard behavior in revealing the burial sites, it is highly doubtful that anyone will ever know the truth. The truth about the involvement each man had or the exact number and names of the victims that lost their lives to the deadly duo. And 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 I agree with that statement. Yeah. But it, it, well, as as far as saying that nobody will know the truth, I can tell you what the truth is, just based on the information that you gave me, and I bet you I can verify it by digging deeper. They have a shit ton of victims. Yeah. And if Sherman Tyne wasn't such a fucking broke back bitch and a little pussy, yeah, talking to you, Sherman Tyne, and I would say it to the man's face. Doesn't matter yeah. to me. If he wasn't such a pussy, dude, you're already in on death row. What is a worse punishment than death row yeah. in America? There isn't any. There isn't any. You're already there. Yeah. And the chances of you getting out now after you gave the locations of some of the bodies are slim to none. And it's closer to the none. Yeah. Yeah. That's that, yeah. Very close. So <laughs> just give up the info, dude. Let the family have some goddamn yeah. closure for fuck's sakes. Don't be a little bitch. Oh, I'm waiting for this money. Ah, kiss my ass. Yeah, Go exactly. fucking stamp license plates or whatever the fuck they do in prison. I know. You know, I, sometimes I don't like you. You answered a couple of my questions, but I'm going to ask them anyway. Oh, you know no. I got an idea one. for Sherman Tyne, you little broke back fucker. Why don't you start giving some blowjobs in prison? <laughs> sell some sex, sell that ass. You got plenty of money for the canteen then. You know, learn a little deep throat action. Let them grab your ears once or twice, maybe your hips. Yeah. There we go. See, I'm solving your money problems, Sherman Tyne. Aren't I helpful? You'd be okay with that? No, I hate you. <laughs> I'm trying to help this man out. I can only hang my head so far down. <laughs> I'm trying to be helpful because since Herzog killed himself and Sherman Tyne obviously needs money, I'm helping you out. I'm helping you become an entrepreneur. <laughs> trying to help a brother out. So, anyways, nature or nurture, Scott? This is n- nurture. Uh, not, I'm sorry, nature. Yeah, I think it yeah, is. Yeah, not too. nurture. I think yeah, they nature. fueled each other. They did. Um, yeah. We, oh God, I wish that I, wish that I could uh, remember our other shows because we've had several shows where individually the killers that we're talking about, the serial killers we're talking about, if they were by themselves, would well, have been would, okay. Well, that would be Ing and. Um, That's what I was thinking yeah. of. Ing and. Um, um, God, what was that prick's name? Um, Long? No. No, no. It's not Bobby Joe Long. No. Um, Ing and um, I have it right here. Give me a minute. But yeah, they're they're a prime example, or even Bernardo and Hermolka. Oh yeah, Bernardo and Hermolka. You know, now a Bernardo prime was example. a rapist before he ever got with Hermolka, but I think right. he may have stopped at the rape. Lake part and of it. Ing. That was at Lake and Ing. Yeah. Um, I think especially with well, we'll get to both of them, but um, Lake and Ing, I think individually by themselves. Probably wouldn't have murdered, or at least not as murdered as much. Right. You know, but you get those two together. Oh, yeah. They're each other's little cheerleading section. Oh, yeah. You know, and 
showing off for the other one and right and then having uh, what was that i think it was, it was ing that said i just stood on the other side of the mirror and just watched it was lake yeah. that did it and it's the same situation here because lake killed himself he yeah. took the cyanide tab yep. right there in interrogation yeah, and ing even said that he had to be the martyr now yeah yeah you know and it, it's easy to point that finger and say, hey it's this dead guy over here yeah. you know it can't be me um and we were, I was just talking about Hermonka and Bernardo. I think that Bernardo probably would have stopped. Do you think he would have killed anybody or do you think he just would have kept raping? I think he probably would have kept raping. Yeah, I don't think he would have killed anybody. I think with Hermonka and Bernardo, it's much like these two, uh, Kurzog and, and Shermantine and Lake and Ng, that they were each other's little cheerleader section. Mm-hmm. And everybody gets something from it. Yeah. You know, nobody in any of these three cases are, is going to do that to receive nothing. Right. Whether it's sexual gratification or um, uh, being recognized by the people that you're with or the person that's helping right. you. Um, you're getting something from it. Totally. So, yeah, I think that... Uh, and considering that they were friends almost from birth, there is... You can't... It's in a strong my bond. opinion, you cannot tell me... That they both were involved with the early murders. Oh, 100%. That's a, yeah. Because, well, you said it yourself that it was, you know, number one, they both bullied people together. Um, And they were always doing, everything they did was together, whether it's hunting, fishing, camping, hiking, doing drugs, drinking, playing pool, traveling. Everything was together. And you're going to tell me that oh it wasn't me i was an innocent bystander i just know where he buried i the just bodies. happen to know where he buried all the bodies yeah bullshit yeah. yeah okay so that answered my next question um now do you believe that their killing started as soon as they were out of high school or do you think that they it started before they even graduated They managed to graduate. I'm going to say it probably was after they graduated because I don't think that they're the sharpest tools in the shed. Yeah, I don't think so either. So they probably had to struggle to graduate a little bit. (laughs) Like my best friend, I barely graduated high school. We can tell because she married Dan. (laughs) I love her. (laughs) She seems cool, but... If I, if I was Kitty, I'd be running from Dan, that bike, box wine drinking, yeah, hobo well. looking mother. He, look, he, he looks like a character from uh, from a Pixar movie. What have I told you? That he's not a character I from a Pixar movie? I told you to be movie? nice. I am being nice. Brush mustache and That's, drinking box wine. If that wine. is you being nice, then I'd hate for you to be mean. Okay. No. Hold on. Let's look at the facts. Let's does not... he or does he not drink box wine? Yes. Does he or does he not drink things like PBRs and bush beer? Yes. Okay. Does he or does he not have that kind of cartoon-style brush mustache going on in a bald-ass head? Yes. His whole shape is like a character from a Pixar movie. Like uh, something in the style of like the movie Up, but not looking like the old man from Up. That's what it is. He looks like the inspector that doesn't really say anything. He has like a bowler, bowler hat on. He goes, and then waddles off. Cause I don't think he walks very fast. He waddles off. And then, oh, dete- okay, you're done. Detective brush mustache said you that it must so be the guy in the pink coat. Stop it already. <laughs> now, do you think that they have a higher than 72 victim count? Yeah. <laughs> you think so? 
that's a lot of operating time and yeah. multiple grave sites that I I would I'm going to just go out on a limb and guess 100 plus. Yeah. Okay, now next question is do you think that there was really a third accomplice involved or is he just uh trying to keep the public's interest in the hopes of getting more money? Just hoping to get more money. He, That's there was what no, I'm thinking too. There was because okay, where's this third victim while they're all hang well, this while third accomplice, yeah. yeah. And why didn't Herzog bring him forward? Yeah, nobody brings him forward, and I'm sure that they question like uh, Herzog and, and Shermantine's families. Right. And that's how they got the backstory. They've always been friends. They probably uh, questioned the people that they went to high school with, the people yeah. that they that, that saw them in bars together. And you know what nobody said? This third victim he was who, always, yeah, this third person was always with them. Why isn't he arrested? I or, think his name was Dan because he drank, he, <laughs> just, he would just order boxed wine every time he came in. One time we were at a Bush beer, and then he said, not at my trailer park, and stormed out. <laughs> you and I are going to box. <laughs> Don't be hating me because of Hillbilly Joe Dan. <laughs> Should Leonard Padilla keep paying him to give him the, them the locations of where the victims are very buried? No. You no, no. I mean, okay, he made the deal to pay him, and, and a deal's a deal. Right. Uh, as much as I think that Sherman Tyne's garbage. Um, and she'd be giving blowjobs to earn money. Um, so, but a deal's a deal. I okay. think that that $33,000 should go to victims' families. That would be the most appropriate, but that wasn't part of the deal. I know. So, you know, and I'm, I believe a deal's a deal. However, I think that we need to bring back a little torture, torture. Torture, torture? And beat him into submission until we know all the information. That's just me. Yeah. What's it going to hurt? What's it going to hurt? He, if he dies, he dies. He's already on death row. Yeah. It's it's already a done deal. You're just, you know, helping to uh, advance the process a little bit to help it out. Just a little bit. Yeah, just a little tiny bit. I say hook a car battery up to his testicles until he shoots freaking flames out of his butthole. Ow. That'll get his attention. You know, you I don't have testicles, all. but that hurt me. I'm feeling pretty good today. I can tell. <laughs> I can tell. But no, yeah, so that was my whole thing. Is I, I just don't think that they... Sh- I mean, then, then I was disgusted when they did it with Clifford Olson. Yeah, no. Know? Clifford Olson is definitely, or was, he's dead now. He, he, he's a sugar tits, too. Yeah. He gets the sugar tits award, too. That is... And, and so does the motherfucking... Um, the district attorney, whoever the hell it was, that allowed it to happen. Said, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll do that for you. No problem. I yeah. think that guy should be shot in the dick. Yeah. Because that is so disrespectful to these victims' families. Yeah. Completely. Completely. I just, I mean, I don't know. It's hard for me to say because I've never been in a situation where <coughs> a family member or somebody I care about has been killed and... You know, somebody knew where they were and I, you know, and held on to that information. I'm killing them with my good looks. Anyhow. My sexiness. I'm, I'm glad you have confidence in yourself. I want you to think about me stripping. No. With nipple tassels on. No. And working that stripper ball. I fucking hate you. When I think about me, I touch myself. Whoa, I don't want anybody else. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> I love putting that image in your head. I fucking hate you. Is uh, you like that image that's dancing around in your head with me on the stripper pole? Yes, and I hate you. 
My G-string on? Okay, can you stop? Hooker boots? I don't need, no. <laughs> I don't need any more. No, but I mean, but I will say this. I mean, because, I mean, because you know, I've, I haven't been, you know, like, hid this from anybody. But, you know, one, my, my grandfather on my Korean side is missing. He's been missing for a long time. He wandered off somewhere and we've never been able to find him. Um, I would give anything to know where he's at, but I don't know if I'd be willing to pay money to somebody who killed him to find out where he was at. You understand what I mean? No, 100%. I wouldn't either. Yeah. Because, I don't don't know, for, for me, if it was something recent, like my kid was gone, been missing for a month, and somebody said, hey... Your kid's dead. If you pay me X amount of dollars, I'll I'll tell you where he's in. I'll tell you that he's dead. Right. At least then I can have closure. Yeah. I would like the body back so I can bury him properly. My son's not missing, just for our listeners. Uh, no, I uh, just saw him earlier. Chunky Butt is uh, in his room sleeping because um, he worked all night. But uh, but yeah. But I might do it that. But years and years and years and years later, you've, yeah. you're through the grieving process already. And yeah. yeah, you're still grieving a little bit because it, it hurts forever. Oh yeah. But to extort money out of a victim's family, mm-hmm. that is some fucked up shit. Oh totally. That is lower than low because like I have a new award and it's not sugar tits. It's dick cheese. No. Oh. <laughs> Broke back bitch. <laughs> and that is Sherman time. Yeah. Trying to extort money just to yeah give people closure. Like he's something totally. special. Yeah. And he isn't. Sherman Tyne, you're nothing but a basic criminal who's on yeah. death row with everybody else. Yeah. So lick my sweaty nutsack, you fucking broke back bitch. Freshly waxed. Freshly waxed. So there you go. No hair. No ah, ah at the end of it or nothing. Nothing's going to get stuck in the back of your throat. Hey, uh, just a suggestion, Sherman Tyne, you might want to have your, your clients maybe shave or wax. It's, it, it'll help. I'm just saying. <laughs> you're welcome. Yeah, I hate you. But yeah, so that's all I have on the Speed Freak Killers. <laughs> Do you have any questions for me, Scott? No, I'm just feeling very dapper right now. <laughs> You're so stupid. I'm going to start making actual awards. <laughs> and I'm going to send the first one to Hermolka. <laughs> Are you going to find out where she's at and uh, just send it to yep, her? Yep, somewhere in the Ontario area in yeah. Canada. So I want to find out where she is and send her the Sugar Tits Award. Sugar Tits of the Year Award. The Sugar Tits of the Year Award because yeah. she's number one on my list. I'm telling you. We're going we're gonna to have to have a list. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This has been Brutal Nation. But you already knew that. I shouldn't have to repeat it twice because our listeners are not dumb. No. Remember to check out the website at www.twistedbluellc.com. Click on that Amazon link that we provide. If you're going to do any shopping on Amazon, it doesn't cost you anything more. It does help out the show a lot. You can send us an email at brutalnation at twistedbluellc.com. Check out our blogs. While we're featured on Medium and Crime Beat, which is on Medium, Vocal Media and Hub Pages, and where we get picked up for further distribution from other outlets all the time it's just a it's it's a huge list and really we we would be here for yeah it would take a show just to tell you how many we're on but yeah uh, check us out and as i always say you get all the information without having to put up with my bullshit 
because but then again you never know what's going to come out of my mouth some days i'm true some days i'm kind of a little bit quiet you know and i make a few jokes here and there and then other days it's like today where i'm just a dick when are you quiet I'm not saying like I'm perfectly quiet, like, you know, go, this is brutal nation, you know, do your thing, blah, 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 and then don't say anything. But sometimes I make a couple you of jokes. You have not been quiet since episode one. But sometimes, it, it, it's, it's levels. Sometimes it's one or two things, and then other times it's like today, where I'm looking at this guy, sitting there thinking, you're worried about money for the canteen and candy bars, suck a dick. Yeah. Might help. Send me some chili ramen while you're at it. <laughs> Ew. You guys are so gross. This show's copyrighted 2021 by Twisted Blue LLC. All rights reserved. And we will catch you guys tomorrow with another episode. I know you guys are excited. They are. We'll talk to you guys later. Bye-bye. Bye.